0: Hey everyone, welcome to Finding the Floor. This is episode 101, and today I am going to be talking about habit number four, which is Win-Win from Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, written by Stephen R. Covey. Okay, so we are into habit four today. But before we get into that, I do have to say, hope you guys all had a great couple weeks. I know last week we were off because I was up at Young Women's Camp, which is always a fun time. We were actually in cabins this year, which I'm always a big fan of, although you don't ever really sleep very well. And we went to this really large camp, so we got tons of walking in and... I was in charge of helping with the YCLs, who are the youth camp leaders, and as well as a workshop, which was called like an Old Testament experience. And I made this Goliath out of boxes. So I piled a bunch of boxes on top of each other to make a super tall Goliath. I think he was over eight feet tall and then drew him like on paper on front of the boxes. My daughter helped me do that. And it was super fun to try to knock his head off. So I'm glad that went well. And I'm honestly glad that I don't have to worry about that anymore. <laughs> but it was so good. And I love the, just the spirit that's at camp. You feel just the strong love that God has for you being in nature and everyone being together and it's usually pretty awesome so we had a good time and I'm glad to be back but I do have to let you guys know that I'm also going to take another break after this episode because I'm heading out of town west to visit my family and we'll be settling some of my kids for college and that is going to take me a couple weeks So it probably won't be starting back up until like the middle of August, because once I get back, then I have to get back into things. So yeah, if you haven't caught up on all of the chapters or implementing stuff, like I think this is a really good time to really think about your mission statement. I'm going to do that while I'm gone, try to get that all really clear for myself and really understand some of the first three habits as well as try to implement this next one, which is habit four, the win-win principle. And this is kind of what started this journey is part of what is involved in this principle, which is the abundance mentality, which is included in this idea of win-win and I will talk about that in just a couple minutes Well, not well later in the podcast as we go through everything that really stood out to me. I don't know if I'm going to go through everything, but I'm going to try to cover a lot of things that he mentions in this chapter. It's not a really long chapter, so you can go through it a few different times. Um, but I also feel like um, I did get the book. Seven Habits for Highly Effective Families, and I also found in my house Seven Habits for Highly Effective Teens. I think I'm going to, after I finish this book, have like a follow-up with a couple things that I found helpful from those books to kind of apply to with your teenagers and how to apply it in your family life, because that's one thing I think I really need help with. Like, I get it, and then... I may have like a system not in place or something and we'll get into what that even looks like. So after this one, we'll have another break for the summer and then we'll catch me back up probably in the middle of August when we get back into school, which I don't know how I feel about. This summer has been like going by super fast. Okay, so the win-win idea is what Stephen Covey says is based on the paradigm that there is plenty for everybody and that one person's success is not achieved at the expense or exclusion of the success of others. So the win-win is a belief that there is a third alternative. It's not your way or my way. It's a better way, a higher way. So I listened to this a couple weeks ago as I, and then, you know, kind of was prepping for camp. And so I've been kind of like mulling over this idea of like, maybe I have an idea and you have an idea, but maybe we can come with, up with an even better idea that will work for all of us. And so there has to be this willingness to believe that it even exists instead of like, I have the best ideas and that like maybe working all together, we can come up with even better ideas. I think that is also like, one thing I really like about our church is this um, belief in councils. And I think that is really one of those beliefs, this win-win, this idea that as we come together, we can even come up with a greater solution than just one person could have. And it's being open to everybody's input. So Win-win. Okay, but at the beginning of the chapter, he describes how we can have different philosophies that are different from win-win. One is win-lose. Another is lose-win. And then there's lose-lose. And then there's just win. And the last one he talks about is like win-win, no deal. So I'm going to just briefly talk about all of those. So we have win-win where... Which is what I just mentioned. And we're going to talk more about all that, how that all goes into that today. Then there's win lose, which is basically what he calls the authoritarian approach like I get my way and you don't get your ways. He says win lose people are prone to use position, power, credentials, possessions, or personality to get their way. What he pointed out, which I thought was interesting, he says, our educational system is built this way, like the win-lose, like only so many people can get the first spot or can get an A. Now, some classes, you just have a criteria and everyone can get an A, but I think sometimes, you know, when they have like only certain amount of people can get an A and then they put it on a curve and then sometimes that curve is good, sometimes it's bad, who knows? And one thing he he says, it's a lot of it is based on comparison, this win-lose, you know, like there's only so much a pie to give out. And this is a very typical way that we think about life, like it's all a competition. And he says a lot of times when children are evaluated in school, they're not necessarily evaluated by their potential, but how they're doing um, currently. And sometimes they're compared with other kids which someone performing really well, that might have been really easy for them. Although I have to say that sometimes with my teachers, I've noticed that they they have they do try to like see how everyone's doing, comparing them to themselves and less to other people. Um, I do feel like that is growing and changing just a little bit. But one little story that really was a uh, hard experience for my daughter. My um, one of my daughters is that when she was in high school, her counselor was coming around to all the English classes and trying to encourage them about college courses and and he kept calling her at the time she was like at, at the top of her class. I mean, again, this is sophomore year, so but he kept calling her the valedictorian and. It really bothered her because she wasn't trying to be the top of her class. She just liked doing well. Like she was really internally motivated to do well. And after that, people were like, well, just kind of giving her this hard time. And I guess you have this also sometimes competition of like, you don't want to do well in school, which is kind of an interesting thing. So that that's win-lose. Okay. And then there's lose win He says, lose, win is worse than win, lose because it has no standards, no demands, no expectations, no vision. People who think lose, win are usually quick to please or appease. They seek strength from popularity and acceptance. They have little courage to express their own feelings and convictions and are easily intimidated by the ego strength of others. So I think it's people who are just are always not getting their own way and they sort of like... Um, are okay with that. but what he mentions is a book is there then develops this resentment in this person that can build up after years of just not really sticking up for yourself and trying to please people. So that's just kind of interesting. And then there is, okay, so we just did lose win and then then there's lose lose, which seems not even, helpful at all like when two win lose people get together that is when two determined, stubborn ego invested individual individuals interact the result will be lose lose both will lose both will become vindictive and want to get back or get even blind to the fact that murder is suicide that revenge is a two-edged sword so that's when you're just not even willing to move an inch so both of you lose in that situation okay and then he says there's win and that is when you're just worried about making sure that you get what you want and you're really not caring about anyone else's what they they need to figure that out themselves so he says when there's no sense of contest or competition win is probably the most common approach in everyday negotiations a person with win mentally thinks in terms of securing his own ends and leaving it to others to secure theirs. So then he talks about win-win, no deal. And he says, what you come up with, you decide like, we're going to put everything on the table. We're going to share our thoughts. We're going to try to make it so that each of us can leave this negotiation or whatever's happening here happy. And if we can't do that, if if everyone's not happy with what's happening, then we leave without a deal. So he says that's a really a good way to go into a business, especially if you're in business with family, so that you don't sacrifice the relationship. And if you haven't gone into that business or relationship, beginning with the win-win-no deal, that maybe you begin with something like that. So that everyone feels like if it's not working for them, they have a way. There's no deal. And then he says sometimes when you do that and you have to walk away, sometimes you realize maybe we come back again and try again to see if we can make a win-win situation. And he has a lot of good stories in, again, in his book of examples. A lot of them are when he goes and consults with businesses and helps them in their situations. But a few people have said to him, like, win-win is not usually a reality. Like, it's mostly win-lose. You know, someone's got to win and someone's got to lose. And he says, really? Let's think about that. And he was talking to, um, like, a, I think it was a shopping shopping center owner. And he's like, okay, well, let's think about that. With your customers, do you want your customers to win? Well, of course you want your customers to win. You want them to come back. So if you want your customers to win, then you lose. So your customers come in and they can take whatever they want. That's not a good deal either. Or if you're helping your the owners of the shops, you want them to come back because they're essentially your customers. So really, win-win is the only way to go about because you want the owners to win and you want your customers to win it needs to be a mutually winning thing because when that happens and everybody's happy so he says most of the time we want to live in a win-win situation but sometimes there are times where we don't and it depends on the situation okay he says how do you know when to use each situation like win-lose or lose-lose or lose-win. How do, do sometimes I just give in, do a lose-win if I know that's going to maybe be better for my relationship? And he says, the best choice then depends on reality. The challenge is to read reality accurately and not to translate win-lose or other scripting into every situations. And then he goes on, most situations in fact are part of an interdependent reality. And then win-win is really the only Viable alternative to the five. So if you remember that we have to become independent with our three habits to begin with to then learn to become interdependent. So he says sometimes that depends on someone may not really be independent yet and making this work is maybe a reason why they might be more win-lose or lose-win. So then he talks about how win-win, the principle of win-win is fundamental to success in all our interactions, and it embraces five interdependent dimensions of life. It begins with character, moves towards relationships, out of which flow agreements. It is nurtured in an environment where structure and systems are based on win-win, and it involves process. We cannot achieve win-win ends with win-lose or lose-win means. So then the rest of the chapter, he goes into the five interdependent dimensions of life. And he talks about the first one, which is character. And there are three essential character traits to make sure that you can accomplish win-win. One is integrity. And one, I love the definition of integrity is that we value ourselves, But he also says part of integrity is to also have a good sense of what we value because we need to know what determines a win for us. So our values we have, I think that's where you come in with your mission statement and you have that integrity to understand really what principles you value. And then he mentions a second part of character is maturity, which I love this idea or this definition of maturity is the balance between courage and consideration. Isn't that great? Cause I kind of see that like with some of my kids, I see either a little bit of one and not enough of the other, but it's the balance of both. Um, Sometimes with one of my sons, he's very courageous and I've noticed that I have to remind him to be more considerate sometimes. (laughs) And then on the opposite end, sometimes I have kids who are very considerate and then are a little bit scared to speak up and share what they think. So it's this balance. And Stephen Covey says, The ability to express one's own feelings and convictions balanced with consideration for the thoughts and feelings of others. And he says that is the deep embodiment of the P-PC balance. And remember, the P is the golden egg and the PC is the goose. So you're taking care of the results, but you're also working on the relationship at the same time. I also like this quote, he says, many people think in dichotomies or in either or terms. They think if you're nice, you're not tough, but win-win is nice and tough. It's twice as tough as win-lose. To go for win-win, you not only have to be nice, you have to be courageous. You not only have to be empathetic, you have to be confident. You not only have to be considerate and sensitive, you have to be brave. So then he kind of talks, he has this little picture in the book of like, you have high courage, kind of like the quadrant thing with the four quadrants but with courage and consideration and he says if i'm high on courage and low on consideration i will think win lose and if i'm high on consideration and low on courage i will think lose win so you have to be high on courage and high on consideration both are essential for win win so you have to have this maturity Okay, so this is part of your character, these essential things of integrity, maturity. And then the next part is what I talked about in the previous podcast that I talked about, the abundance mentality. And this is where it all got started, this idea that there is enough for everybody. And it's a real paradigm mindset shift. He says, and I probably mentioned this in the Abundance Mentality podcast, but I'm going to say it again. The abundance mentality flows out of a deep inner sense of personal worth and security. It is the paradigm that there is plenty out there and enough to spare for everybody. It results in sharing a prestige, of recognition, a profit, of decision making. It opens possibilities, options, alternatives, and creativity. The abundance mentality takes the personal joy, satisfaction, and fulfillment of habits 1, 2, and 3 and turns it outward, appreciating the uniqueness, the inner direction, the proactive nature of others. It recognizes the unlimited possibilities for positive interactive growth and development, creating new third alternatives. And I really do think you have to slowly get into this new shift of abundance and sometimes we're abundant in some things and sometimes we have not abundant thoughts in other things and I noticed that with time this idea of there's enough time because like I'll wake up in the morning and be like okay shoot I woke up like 15 minutes after I wanted to and blah 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 and I'm thinking through my day and all the things that need to happen and sometimes I just need to remember maybe take a deep breath I'm going to try to do that more in the morning and being like there'll be enough time to do what needs to be done today and I've been so much better at planning my week my good friend found this planner that has like like habits you can put in I don't know where she got it I'm gonna find out so I can maybe link it for you guys but and I'm sure you can get like a Franklin Covey planner they have those things but um it was really helpful this week as I'm like preparing to go out of town as well as getting all this stuff done and I also had things that I wanted to accomplish with my different roles. And I've already done a few of those things already and I also tried to make sure like last night I was feeling really tired and I had one more thing on my list that I put that I would do yesterday. And I was like, "Okay, I've got to at least spend 15 minutes doing it because I made a promise to myself." And and I did. So, um, I think abundance there, there really is abundance. And if you really kind of look for it and see it, that is how you really get to the win win. So he talks about like the public and private victory. What he means is by public victory he says public victory does not mean victory over other people. It means success in effective interaction that brings mutually beneficial results to everyone involved. Public victory is an outgrowth of the abundance mentality paradigm. Okay, so that just reminded me of something happened at girls camp. And it was really funny. You know, I was helping with the YCLs and we had our last night, which was really fun. We, um, we had like a walk of faith and testimony meeting. And then after we had this fun dance party and then the YCLs were like, we're going to stay up all night. And we had like 18 of them and half of them didn't want to stay up all night. And we're just in this big cabin. And so it's not like we can like separate them. So it's getting really late or early in the morning and there are girls that just really want to go to sleep. And I was trying to find a way to try to like a win-win for everybody. And the only thing I could think of was to have all the people who still wanted to get up just to get in my car so that they're not going to bother the people in the cabin, but they're not going and wandering around the camp all by themselves. And that seemed to work (laughs) and everybody was happy. So I think it really does help to think about the abundance and how there's, there might be a third way we can help everybody be happy with the solution. Okay. So when he talks about the principle of win-win embraces five interdependent dimensions. So we just talked about character, which embraces integrity, maturity, and the abundance mentality. And then he says, the second thing is relationships. Okay. So that's when the emotional bank account comes in. And it's important that when you're in a relationship with someone, it's easier to get a win-win solution when you have high trust. He says, without trust, the best we can do is compromise. Without trust, we lack the credibility for open, mutual learning and communication and real creativity. And he says, really, the, the trust, the emotional bank account, is the essence of win-win. So I think that's another thing that while I'm gone for the next couple of weeks is that I'm going to really work on making deposits with my family and with my extended family, trying to find ways to do that. So that there is that building up of trust between um, individuals. And then he says, which I really liked, but if our emotional bank account is high, credibility is no longer an issue. Enough deposits have been made so that you know and I know that we deeply respect each other. We're focused on the issues, not on personalities or positions. So that I think is really important because sometimes we get lost in positions and personalities and really miss the whole issue of what we're trying to solve. And that is, is saying usually that's because there's low trust. Okay, so... Of the five things, again, we have character, and then relationships, and then the third is agreements. And this is when you're making good, effective agreements that are defined, and he lists like five things that go into agreements. That I wasn't going to go over all of that because I feel like I need to maybe do a deep dive into just basically understanding agreements because I feel like I'm really, I miss something with this, but um, it focuses on results, not on methods. So if you think back to the story of his, he was trying to divvy up assignments that his children could do. And one of them chose to help in the yard. And so he took two weeks to really train him. And they were very clear with what was expected clean and green and made it simple. And then they were also clear with how it was going to be evaluated, but that this, his son was going to be the one who was going to evaluate it. And then he was also given enough resources. And he was also told that like, if Stephen Covey could help, he would help him if he needed help. And so there's a lot of different things involved in making a good agreement. And sometimes I think it's funny when I get mad at my kids like for not doing something or for looking for socks or there's something missing in the equation, which is why they can't do it. Like there's the resources weren't there or something is missing. So I think understanding agreements is really going to be helpful. And I think that's something I really do need to work on personally. (laughs) Yeah, and I also got the book, like I mentioned before, Seven Habits for Highly Effective Families. And so I'm going to do a little more research while I've been reading, while I read that over while I'm gone and incorporate some ideas of that, like in a separate podcast. So he says, win-win agreements focus on results, releasing tremendous individual human potential and creating greater synergy, building PC in the process instead of focusing exclusively on P. So, yeah, I think that part of the thing that I really need help with is the nagging (laughs) and giving my kids ways that they're going to judge themselves, like even when they do their jobs or they're practicing or their homework or all these things where sometimes I feel like I'm nagging a lot, that that is something I really need to work on. Okay, so then The third thing was agreements. And then the last two things are systems and processes, okay, are essential to this win-win principle. I remember in the Atomic Habits, he talks about like systems are almost more important than your goal because if you put a system or a habit in place, that it's going to help you work towards your goal and just keep that moving. So he shared a few stories in his book where there were companies that really wanted to achieve a win-win like culture or system, but what they were promoting was more of a win-lose because they would have awards or they would be like, hey, if you want to win this trip to Bermuda, you need to work together. But it wasn't like everybody was winning this trip. It was just like one person was going to win this trip. And he also shared this real estate company, um, had this big end of the year awards, assembly, I guess we call it, and, and they would award like the top 40 producers for the company for that year. And then Stephen Covey goes in and he says, well, maybe if you want to make this more win-win or more cooperative in here that you try to put in systems where people make their own goals and then you reward them for accomplishing whatever goals they achieve. And there was a lot more to it. But to kind of keep it more simple, like that was basically it. Like they involved a lot of the people into the producing of what would be a goal. or And then so the next year's like end of the year meeting, they had over 800 people that got awards out of like a thousand. And each person produced as much or more per person in terms of volume and profit as the previous year's 40. So he was saying, so the spirit of Win-Win had produced more golden eggs, but also significantly fed the goose as well. So they were not competing necessarily against each other, but they had personal goals that they were trying to achieve And so with systems, I feel like that's another thing, like agreements, systems, and processes. Like, I feel like I'm pretty good at thinking a win-win mentality, but then in reality, am I actually making that more of a culture in my family? He says, in families, parents can shift the focus from competition with each other to cooperation. In activities such as bowling, for example, they could have a family score and try to beat the previous one. Or they can set up home responsibilities with win-win agreements that eliminate constant nagging and enable parents to do the things only they can do. Stephen Covey also mentions that it's helpful to have a mentor that is really good at the win-win principle and to watch them. And I think that also as a family, that might be good to watch families who are really good at that. So, which is why I'm going to read more of that while I'm gone and give you guys some suggestions that I think might be helpful because sometimes I get this in a way, but I feel like sometimes I'm like some of these companies where I'm like, this is what I want, but I'm not implementing it or I'm, I'm not putting the right systems in place. So then he talks about processes as the fifth thing. You can only achieve win-win solutions with win-win processes. The ends and the means are the same. But he says he's going to go more into that in Habits 5 and 6. So I'm not going to talk about processes very much today. But that's kind of one of the fifth things of interdependent dimensions of life. So, win-win. I really like this idea. And I love that it encompasses the abundance mentality. And I guess I just loved his last paragraph, which I'm... He says, let's see, win-win is not a personality technique. It's a total paradigm of human interaction. It comes from a character of integrity, maturity, and the abundance mentality. It grows out of high trust relationships. It is embodied in the agreements that effectively clarify and manage expectations as well as accomplishments. It thrives in supportive systems and it is achieved through the processes We are now prepared to more fully examine in Habits 5 and 6. So that's just the very end of the chapter in Habit 4. So again, he has like some application questions and how can you apply it right away? And for me, I mentioned this before, I really want to look more into understanding how to make effective agreements so that I can reduce my nagging. I just feel like that's kind of part of my problem or I'm just constantly following up with people and I need to stop doing that. So if that's part of your problem, I'm going to look into that more and maybe help you out after we review five, six, and seven. I'll have another podcast of like, oh, here's some things that I've tried and maybe you can try that. (laughs) We'll see how that works. Because I think it'll especially be helpful as I go into this next school year and put good systems in place that really do have this win-win idea. Instead of like, with my kids, these are things I want you to do, and I don't really care that you don't want to do them. (laughs) That's more of like, I win and you lose. So yeah, I think this is something I'm really going to chew on for the next couple weeks and go back and again read this chapter i know we're going through this book really slow but isn't kind of nice to just take a chapter and really think about it for a while and see how you can apply it to your life and i think that's what this book is really meant to do like really applying things and it's a slow process The transition is slow and that's all good okay you guys as always really thanks for listening i hope you guys are having a great summer and good luck in learning how to implement this idea of the win-win principle okay talk to you later bye i hope you enjoyed today's episode If you have any questions, come by findingthefloor.com, where I will have show notes and links for anything I've mentioned today. Special thanks to Seth Johnson for creating and performing the theme music. Come back next week, and thanks for listening.